Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, this is Stuart Roberts, founder of Haircuts for Homeless, and welcome to the Hear Me, See Me podcast. I'm going to be talking to people who are truly inspirational to me, some you may have heard of, and some you haven't, but you really need to hear their story. Hello, this is Stuart from Hear Me, See Me podcast, and today I've got one of uh, our most recent team leaders. Uh, who has just set up a great project in Southampton and already has uh, opened up another one as well, which you'll tell us about later. But today I'm talking to Jane Odom. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for having me. That's fine. So you're in the you're in the uh, safety of your own car, getting away yep. from the of the salon. That's it. Get a bit of peace and quiet. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's let's start where you know because uh, people won't you know don't even want to know you. Um, uh, where like where did you grow up, Jane? What was your sort of what was your upbringing like? Um, I um I'm the fifth youngest of six of us. There's six of us all together. Really? Yeah, and there's eighteen months between us all. Really? So, yeah. So my mum had her hands full. Wow. Massively. But I tell a lie. There's Four, there's four, so she had four, yeah. 18 months between them all. And then I came along four years later and I said, Mum, why did you wait to have me? Was I a mistake? And she went, well, yeah, you were. She said, I said, well, why did you have my sister then? She said, well, I don't want you to be on your own. So <laughs> there's 18 months between me and my younger sister. All right, yeah. okay. Yeah. So it was good. We, we had a great, uh, we, we didn't have a lot. You know, mum and dad struggled quite a bit bringing six of us up. But we had their time, so it was really nice. We had a great, loads of arguments. You know what it's like when there's loads of you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we had brilliant times as kids. It was amazing. Well, we we got four, uh, but we had them every two years. But there was there's a two-year gap because we we lost twins, and that that was the fifth one. Yeah. uh, So that's why there's a gap of four years because they're two years – we had the twin, but they, we didn't. We lost those, and then so we've ended up with four. But I, I know what you mean. It's to, at, people say like your house is mad, you know. Yeah. I know exactly where you're coming from. What yours like, yeah. young. and as well, you don't. As more you get, the less that you'll get, you know. So. Oh yeah. Oh, you know. Yeah. I remember my my brothers. We'd sit down and dad would call us. Say like dinner's ready, yeah. and we'd all sit down. And of course, my brothers would growl. One would have more potatoes than the others. Yeah. And then my dad would say, but Jesus Christ, I've come here and have my tea. And you're arguing all the time. He said, Jesus Christ, children should be seen and not heard. So he'd have that Dublin drone, you know. So, yeah, so he would he would really, like, go mad. And then my mum would just stare. And then we'd all moan because we didn't like the food. But she'd say, if you never ate it, we weren't getting any more. So we had, we had to eat it. So it was, but it was fun. We didn't have a lot, I'll be honest. Yeah. But we had... We had to, it was such a lovely family, if you know what I mean. It was yeah. it was great. So yeah, it was good. Yeah. And so um, where did you where where did you grow up? So I, I had I, the accent, so obviously Irish parents. Yeah. So yeah, I, apparently I have a very good Dublin drone, so I can yes. talk like that all the time if you want me to. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, my dad, yeah, my, so my dad's from Dublin. We were 
brought up in Southampton. Right. Um, and literally all my life I've been in Southampton. So, right. but we had to go to like a church, um, be brought up as the little proper Catholic. We went to convent school. Right. Um, so we we did everything that you're meant to do. But it got to a point that I then became about 13. I thought, I don't want to go to church. And so dad would give me money to go to church to put money in the plate. But I'd say to my sister, let's go up to the fun fair, use the money. <laughs> don't tell dad because he stopped going because he was working on Sundays then. And we'd pinch the, like this prayer thing you had to have. And we'd pinch it, go back to the house and then make out we've been to church. Right. So we did that for a while and then we got yeah. caught. And then I said, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to go to church every week. <laughs> so I have my opinions. I was quite strong-minded, even yeah. at a young age. Yeah. So really strong-minded, yeah. <laughs> Me yeah. and did that from Sunday school, and I remember going to uh, sw- going swimming instead, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, but I think my my mum knew all about it all the time anyway, and I can't remember whether it's me persuading my sister to go or her persuading me, but she'll say it was me anyway. It probably was me. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You got to do these things. It's, it's who you are, isn't it? What you, yeah. What you do, but no, I I must admit I did. Um, we we did have some laughs. Yeah. But, yeah. but then I was like really strong minded, started colouring my hair. At, I think I was eleven. Really? Yeah. yeah. So I remember going to school. And we had this, uh, she was Italian, and I loved her. She, every day she had, like, a different colour streak through here. Yeah. So I said, Miss, well, um, how do you colour your hair? She goes, I use food colouring. So that was it, straight home, mum's food colouring. I'd have green, pink, yellow, you name it, all different colours. So that was my hair career. And then I think I, yeah, I think I, then I put bleached it when I was 13. Nice. Then I shaved it off one side. So I wanted a mohawk <laughs> and then dyed it jet black. And I did it. To be honest, no, I did it. I reckon I did it to get attention. Yeah, yeah. Because there were so many of us. Yeah. I wanted to be different. And do you know what? My mum did the best thing ever. I walked downstairs. I literally tried to cut one side of my hair off. I couldn't do it properly. So I got my dad's bick. And then so I literally, and there's bowl patches. It was horrendous. Big bowl patches. It was horrendous. And I come downstairs and she laughed. And so I was so upset. I went upstairs. I got the other side. thought, right, I'm going to take the parting over so you can't see it. And I went to school and I showed my friends because it was when New Romantics were in, you know, like. I remember. Human League, all that lot. So I, I really wanted to be like them. And I remember my friends going, oh, my God, I can't believe it. What have you done? I goes, what have I done? This is the trend. You've got to have it. And I swear to you, those poor girls, in the, in lunchtime, I took them up to the needlework room. I literally got scissors and I cut one half of their hair off so they could be like me. I hated it, but I didn't want to be the only one. <laughs> so I literally took half the hair off, literally. So we all went round together thinking we were it, you know. <laughs> you couldn't so, yeah. have been anything else but a hairdresser, could you, really? Like, no. After that start, there's no way you could have been anything else. But did you go straight from school? No, I wanted to. Um, I got, obviously, pregnant quite young. I was oh, only wow. 15 and a half. Really? So, yeah, so I was really young and um, never told anyone till I was seven months pregnant. Right. So went to school, done the old trampolining, I'm swimming, 
and everyone said, how did you hide it? But in them days, we wore pinafores. Right. So probably people, yeah, thought, I just, yeah. Yeah. people thought, probably thought I just put on weight. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. literally, I just, can you hear all right? Cause yeah, like, yeah. 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 Um, so I just wore um, this pinafore. No one knew. And I, I was going out with my then, well, I ended up marrying him. But um, we met at 14. Right. He was 15. Right. And so then when I got pregnant, he was 16. I was 15. Yeah. Think about a month before my 16th birthday. Yeah. So I didn't tell a soul. I thought I cannot tell nobody. Yeah. Um, and then eventually I think I went to my, one of my friends met me from school. No, met me in the morning to go to school. And I did forget I was at a convent school, all nuns. Right, yeah. So literally going to school and I passed out, I fainted. And um my mum said to me, Oh, I said, Mum, I fainted. She said, Oh, you best get to the doctors then. She didn't take me. You best get to the doctors. That's how yeah. Yeah. So I went to the doctors, but I didn't want her to come anyway. So I, I knew deep down. Um, and then they obviously they said, Oh, seven months pregnant, blah, 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 blah. So then I went to my boyfriend's house and said, What are we gonna do? He said, We can't tell anyone. He said, just get what we do is we'll go to Brighton and we'll run away. You get on the back of my motorbike and we won't say nothing. <laughs> so but then I my senses came. And do you know what? My mum was so naive. I did go home for hours and hours, and I think it must have been about 12 o'clock at night. And I walked in, she started crying. She thought I had like cancer or something and I didn't want to tell her seriously <laughs> and um my then uh boyfriend he put his crush arm on his head so if my dad hit him it wouldn't hurt but <laughs> yeah my dad didn't do anything so he just like just went mad and my mum was amazing she was amazing yeah. so and I was adamant that I was keeping this child um and then then do you remember we had like the song's bed set land. We all look, oh, we yeah. want to leave home and live in a bed set. Yeah. So I said to my mum, don't worry about it. I won't cause you any problems. I'm going to get a bed set and I'll bring up this child on my own. And she said, no, you're not. I, you, you'll come home and we'll help you. So, yeah, so that's what happened. So I had my first child. I didn't do my exams. I told my school I had a hairdressing job. I lied. Oh. And um, so, anyway, had my baby. Um, didn't do my exams and then wanted to look, you need to get yourself a job. It do the world of good. So I said, okay. So I started working at the hospital, helping out. And then this woman said, You'd be a really good nurse. I said, Do you reckon? She went, Yeah. So I started nursing. Right. Um, and then it was a thing, you like you were auxiliary, and then you went on to SEN. They don't do any of that anymore. No. But um, yes, yeah, so I was a nurse for a few years. But I never I loved that communication with the patients. Yeah. You know, I loved it. I got so close to him. But I was too emotional. I used to cry all the time, go home. And but I couldn't do hair because it never allowed me to because it was a day job. Yeah. So when I did the nursing, I did nights. So it was right. easy. Yeah. So yeah. So I did nursing, did that for seven years. And then I well, I had my second child at 19. Obviously, I got married at 18. Yeah. Um, and then I went into hairdressing, I think. Oh, well, was I? 22. Right. Yeah. So my college, my nursing paid for my private college. Um, so I paid for it myself, did it all myself. Yeah. And I remember my first job, uh, obviously I'm not going to mention names, but he oh. was this, uh, I think he was like, I think he was Maltese or something. Right. You know what? All I want was experience. And this guy said, you can work for me. 
I pay you. I do best. I went, oh, all right then. So I started working on, honestly, I started working for him. Do you know what he used to do every Saturday? Tell him to hold my hands out and he used to pay me like £15 in like change. Really? Like literally, yeah, in change. So, and I just felt so degraded. And when I scared, he used to make me clean his flat, make his bed. Wow. Honestly, nothing, yeah, nothing to do with her. So I said to him, after about a month, I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. So I said, oh, I'm leaving. He said, you leave me? I did best. You never get better training than me. I thought, oh, I'm leaving. So I left. Not in making bed, you won't. No. Yeah, so I carried on and carried on. I think I worked somewhere in Winchester. I, I travelled miles to get, to yeah. get there because I really wanted to do hair. So, yeah, so I just literally got myself all through that. And then eventually I retrained myself, went up to Vidal Sassoon's in... Um, Mayfair, right. went to the academy, paid for that myself, um, got yeah. my through, and that gave me even more training and more, you know, because I felt every time I went to work somewhere, I was, I was just, I don't know, it was just cut hair. I didn't want to just cut hair. I wanted to be the best I could possibly be and yeah. give everyone the best experience. So yeah. for me, it wasn't, it was never about money, never. No. So I did it because I love doing it. And I think I love doing it because about, it made people feel. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Do you find that though with her? It's how you, that what you can do for somebody. Yeah. I, and, yeah. and to be fair, uh, I, I've said this many times, I've lost a bit of that. Uh, and yeah. it wasn't before I started doing what we do that I yeah. got that back. Yeah. That, you know, that, um, that, that, makes me understand a lot more about you. Like, because the thing in these instances, we get we, we have a lot of correspondence. If, if people know our haircuts for Amos works, we have yeah. a, a lot of correspondence before and we don't know each other. It's all yeah. done via emails and Zooms and things like that. My sister does a lot of it. Um, and it's not until we have the actual day itself when we launch somewhere. Yeah. You may, and even then, we, we're very busy. We may have a coffee. Yeah. But hearing your story now makes perfect sense why you you jump straight into it so comfortably yeah. because that nursing background. Yeah. If you mix yeah. nursing and hairdressing, you've yeah. got the perfect mix for what we do. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 And I think nursing, I liked it, but I got too involved. I think yeah. I cried a lot I got a bit emotional I'm quite softy I put on a big front like yeah so with that I found it quite difficult especially when you're looking after someone and they pass away yeah. um, but with hairdressing it's different it's yeah, you do have people like are having problems in hair and you help them you know cancer whatever yeah. um but with this I felt it was different and I always want to be a hairdresser always from day dot literally yeah. from the, cutting my dolly's hair when I was like five do you know what I mean and my brother's yeah. cutting it and making holes in their faces and god knows what yeah. but I always thought to do hairdressing you know that was my dream to be the best I possibly could be basically you know so, so did you first get your salon so you was you, you was working for other people when did you first get your so own that salon? was that was by accident I worked oh I, every every time I worked somewhere every single place I worked I trained I did it off my own back. Yeah. Like, because I hate people struggling. So I'd say, look, stay behind. I'll help you. And they go, oh, really? I go, yeah, yeah, I'll help you. So 
I used to help people cut hair, like show them how to do it. And I'd get so much from that from youngsters, like, oh my God, blah, 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 blah. So I sort of got myself that sort of position. But whenever I worked anywhere, I was never helped. No one ever motivated me, inspired me. I was always the one inspiring everybody else. Does that make sense? So I was thinking, but I need something. And I never got it. So that's why I used to take myself off on courses. Yeah. And um, like Instagram now is amazing. These youngsters have got it at their hands. I mean, we weren't, it wasn't like that for us. We'd have like, remember the magazines? What air catch you Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And you'd flip through the magazines. We'd have to spend thousands on courses going to London. Yeah. Now they just got to go onto Instagram and, oh, that's how you do a foliage or a balayage. Yeah. They have it, honestly, they they don't realize the difference between what it was like for us compared to what the hell they have it. They've got it at their feet, really. Yeah. So, and then fashion comes around. Yeah. And you think, oh, I've done that. It's come back. It's got a twist, but I've done that. So, anyway, so I felt like nobody motivated me. And then um, I had a bit of ding dong with one of my bosses and uh, I thought, I'm leaving. So I left and then I said to my husband, he said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to have to put my CV around. And all I kept thinking was, oh my God, I'm going to be, sorry, it's a train just gone past. Um, I can't hear it. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do? Literally, I, I don't feel I can work for anybody. So uh, one of my friends said, oh, why don't you run my salon? You know, I'm off. It, the keys are here. So what do you think? I went in and I thought, no, this ain't for me. It's not the right area. I don't think my clients would fit their Mercedes up on that drive. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh, I don't know. It's just not quite right. So then I thought, do you know what? Stuff it. I'm going to open up my own business. So I saw the salon I'm in now. That was 15 years ago. And my husband said, it's right next to another salon. Yeah. Next door. And I said, it's fine. I said, I've got loads of clients. It'll be fine. I'll do it. So it was 2008, May 28th, 2008. I said, I'm going to do it. It will work. It will work. And he said, you sure? So I had a chat with the girl. And now I look back, that poor girl that owned that salon next door. No wonder she was angry. Because yeah. I, I didn't think of it like that. And I thought, even though she had a different client base, it was completely different. Yeah. But I had it in my view, there's enough work for everybody. And I thought, you get, in Southampton, we've got Bedford Place. There's 21 hairdressers in a half mile radius. Yeah, I've seen it and, many times in different places. And they're all busy. Yeah. So I knew it could work. Yeah. So, um, but obviously at the time, she didn't think it would. But it didn't. We didn't affect her business. Yeah. We had our own client base. Yeah. And I think eventually she got busier. And if we couldn't fit people in, we'd send them next door. Yeah, it does. Them next door. Yeah, yeah. It does happen. And yeah. sometimes it's a different, I mean, the thing with hairdressing, with people who don't understand, yeah. um, it's very, it's multi-layered yeah. levels of hairdressing. And they're not, you know, they they serve different needs. It's like you yeah. get... You know, even with like in catering, you get like you you get your fast food restaurant, you get your Michelin star restaurant, you know, yeah. you, you build as calf, but they all they all do a different thing and serve a different purpose. So so some of these things can work live alongside each other anyway. Yeah, definitely. And that that's what I and mean, we actually became friends, really good friends at yeah. the end of it. And it was great. And since then there's been another salon open, she left. 
Somebody else took it over. Now it's the beauticians now. Yeah. So they've sort of like changed around and, and everything's going well. So yeah. I think that's what got me into it, to be fair. I think just doing my own thing and... Oh, sorry, Stuart, you went. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> You're right. Oh, you yeah. fell down. Oh, again. it's gone again. Yeah. Hello. You, am I there? Yeah, you're there. Yeah, I can see you. Yeah, fine. It's gone. Stay. Stay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think that's the reason behind it. To be fair, and I love what I do. All my staff are employed. Every one of them. I yeah. train every single one of them, and they've all started with me from since 16, 17, 18. They're now for some. Oh, I think got Dean's thirty. I thought he'd kill me if I get this wrong, but I think he's 34. Right. <laughs> Natalie's 36. Um, yeah. We've got Seth. She's with me 10 years. So yeah. they they don't, and the ones that do go, they've normally given it up. Right. So my my real lovely staff members that have stayed with me for years are still with me. Yeah. I tend to keep majority of them. They yeah. 90% of them stay. The ones, well, all the ones I've trained, bar one, have all stayed. Right. That's so, great. And that's that's yeah. against the average, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So it says a lot about you. Yeah. I, th- I think it's um, you know, a done. team, isn't it? It's a yeah, team. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So what drew you to contact us? I mean, in truth, we had a coffee after when we'd done the first session. Yeah. And, uh, I remember you saying to me that you've been you've been stalking me for a long time. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and you actually said to me that you saw the video of me shutting my lights off in my salon. Yeah, I did. That really yeah. hit me. I thought, my God, because that was in November. That'd be five years ago. Yeah, so that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've only been doing it a long time, but alongside being a hair salon owner, it wasn't till the salon I, I lost the business that then it became a full time thing. But. It was sort of running both at the, before that. And going way back, it was just me on my own and doing it on my days off and stuff like that before it became how it is now. But so what what so you you'd seen it for quite a while, but what what made you then take the plunge? I think for me, it was like seeing obviously seeing you and yeah. seeing and I found you very very inspiring. I thought, you know, oh sorry, Stuart. That's all right, it's fine. Is it am I gone? I'm gonna have to hold oh, you. Yeah, you're there, you're there. Is it there? Right, yeah, keeps falling yeah. down. It's on the dash of the stupid car. That's right. I always say it, right? It's all right. Yeah, it's so I found, you, I found <laughs> yeah, I better not fall. Yeah, I found you quite inspiring. And I thought, wow, that just that's just amazing. And I know how hard it is to start up a business and then then shut it. Mm. Even now I think, how how am I ever gonna retire? Yeah. I couldn't imagine never cutting hair. I think I saw on Instagram someone it was 82. Mm. that would be me yeah that that will be me um so then i saw what you were doing and i i just like looked through it blah 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 and i watched you quite a bit in lockdown and i think you were saying about the weather look this i'm moaning about this bloody weather but look look where i'm going and then you come back and you were saying i've got no problems i remember that night yeah and that so was, it was pissing down that night yeah it was and you <laughs> were saying, right, up and you you were moaning about yeah, the weather, and then you thought, well, that's the only problem I've bloody got. Do you remember? Yeah, I do yeah. remember that night. I remember where I was going. I was going to Knightsbridge that night. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I remember, and I watched it all, and I thought, 
wow, I really would love to do something like that. That is just amazing. Yeah. And you know what it's like when you've got business and you like then it gets put back back again. And then I thought one day, do you know what? I'm gonna bloody contact him and I'm gonna do it because yeah. I felt I spoke to quite a few people and there's no one in this area in particular, Southampton or Winchester, that actually has, you know, something booked in, somebody doing it. Yeah. And we have a lot of salons around yeah. here. So you know, there's a lot of hairdressers. So for me, I felt what you did, I thought was amazing. And I thought, you know, I want to give back because I've now got to that point in my life that I feel I've come, I've come to a point that, yeah, I've got a great team. I've got a good salon. I don't take it for granted. Anything can oh. happen. Yeah. Um, But I want to give back, you yeah. know, because that's why I started it. It was to, to make people feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and then when I contacted you and then we, like I said to you, it took a lot to get somewhere. Yeah, you was very persistent because you kept getting knocked back, didn't you? Yeah. For a while, didn't it, to get the right place? Yeah, because no one seems to sort of like, no one's bothered. They just said, oh, yeah, try this one. Oh, contact this person. So then yeah. I kept contacting people and contacting people, and they were like, "Um, yeah, try this one. No, we don't do that. We don't do this. We don't. And I'm like, I'm trying to offer a free haircut, you yeah. know, I do not know what to do. And I sent the videos that you sent me. I sent them all the staff, told them about the insurances and whatever, all yeah. taken care of. Um, and then eventually, I um, my sister helped me out. I said yeah. she didn't I about her. So she works for a company called, um, she goes around and she's like, uh, gosh, she's going to kill me now because I've forgotten now. Um, so I'm sorry. So she's a crime prevention officer. Crime prevention, right. Yes, officer. Yeah. yeah, so she used to be a police officer. She retired. And basically, a bit like me, she's now gone in to do something like this because they yeah. said she was too good and they wanted her to carry on doing this sort of thing. So she's yeah. in contact with a lot of people in Southampton. Yeah. So she said, let me get the word out. Next minute, I got an email. And that was Patrick House. Yeah. So she said, it is, you know the type of place there yeah. you know it's not easy it's the so, type of place that i love yeah yeah <laughs> so you've got a lot of people on hard drugs yeah so um, I, love, I love it yeah <laughs> i was in cardiff last week and we pulled up and with this place and i'm so weird like there was a lot of like you know like crack addict you know like type proper head yeah. using people and it was really, and like I was cobbling, this is going to be a good one, this. I can't, and I was all excited, you know. Yeah. Other people think, oh, I don't like, oh, I don't want, I want to get out of here. I'm like, I can't wait to get in there, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Brilliant. And so was Patrick House, you know. It, but, it's, but it's where you meet the great people, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. You meet, it's like, honestly, do you know what? When we went back, seriously, there was a guy in there. He was um, ex-military. Uh, yeah. I've never seen someone so smart. Seriously, yeah. his trainers were so white. Yeah. I couldn't get my head around it. And yeah. he just looked so smart. Yeah. And he said to, you'd never met Nicole, but Nicole's, our, she joined us last time we went. Yeah. And she's only tiny. She's only about five foot. And he's massive. So he asked her for a fade and she was a little bit nervous. But yeah. he sort of had this um, way about him. Everyone respected him. Yeah. Like so a bit of a hard nut, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And he sort of said, oh, I'll just come out of prison, you know, chatting yeah. away, blah, blah, blah. But he was really nice. Yeah. And then she did it. He was really happy. Next minute, he came in with a great big bag of chocolate for her. 
Yeah. And said thank you. Yeah. You know, it's like then the other girl, someone brought in a big box of cappuccinos for her. Yeah. You know, Rachel, she did someone. He goes, Oh, here's some cappuccinos. This little man. I know. The last time. Yeah. So it was, but it was a bit crazy. We went back and all sorts was going on. Honestly, yeah. people are like, oh, can I have a cigarette? Oh, and then there's like something else. And then, yeah, yeah it was a bit mad. But I understand, I think they open up though, don't you? You go back again and yeah. they sort of open up. Yeah. Takes a while yeah. to gain trust. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But people have been, they're, they're not very trusting. Yeah. Rightly so, because they've been, they've been, you know, for whatever reason, some of it their own prop, their own fault, but they've still been like, you know, taken advantage of a lot. So it takes a lot for them to trust people, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I found that. I think it it definitely opened my eyes a lot and made me feel quite sad that these people aren't getting as much help as they should. I don't think. I don't know about how you feel about it. No, they're not. Because no. it, like you say, we're cutting their hair and they're, they're, sometimes the conditions aren't brilliant. And you just look around, you think these are human beings, yeah. you know. And who's to say that didn't wouldn't have happened to any of us? Oh. That that could have happened to any of us. We don't know. We just yeah. picked a different route. Yeah. You know. So they, I don't think we should penalize them. And I don't think people know enough about it's made me a lot different since I've been doing it. You know, the way I look at people now is yeah. I've never been judgmental with homeless people because I always think there's a reason. But it's made me think deeper about them now. Now that I've done this, it makes me think, you know, they wouldn't choose to live their life like that. Their life must be pretty crap for yeah. them to have to be in this position. Yeah. And they've actually gone through a hell of a lot to be in that position. Yeah. That makes sense. So I do, for that reason, I do, yeah, it does. I, I can't explain it how, it, how it makes me feel massively. Yeah, it's quite touching. Yeah, and you don't want to take them all home. Like my husband, my husband calls me Mother Teresa. <laughs> he says I want to take everyone home and look after everybody. Yeah. But then, like, that's not a bad thing, is it? There's there's worse things to be. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I I think for me, yeah, it is. It's it's very rewarding. I mean, it's more rewarding. Sorry to all my clients if you managed yeah, to listen yeah. to this. Uh, yeah. It's more rewarding than cutting someone's hair in the salon. Even though that is very rewarding. It is. If you do all that training and you do and yeah. you're conscientious and you want to do a good job and someone loves what you've done and yeah. comes in a bit fed up, goes out like on cloud nine and you show them the back and then they're really yeah. happy. That's a buzz. Yeah. In respect to that, what we do in these sessions. Yeah. Times ten, because yeah. you've got some. You've got to remember the point of view of the person is coming from such a down position to yeah. be lifted up, and it it, it 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 takes your breath away. So it brings it, even after these years. Sometimes it brings me close to tears, and yeah. sometimes they get close to tears as well. You know, or, or in tears. You know, because they've been treated. All of a sudden, they've been treated like a decent human being, which generally they are. Yeah, because I think they that's how they feel, don't they, when we go in. They um they're very nervous, I found. When you first do them, it's like they need their water, they they don't speak a lot, they're very fidgety, do you not find? And then yeah. once you start like talking to them, grabbing their shoulder, trying to make them relax, yeah, then they seem to sort of 
relax and then you can see him really enjoying it and then you feel, you feel him melt a bit in the chair don't you they oh yeah melt down yeah. a little bit and you think, oh i'm getting through to him now yeah and it's, it's just like that i remember the first time when you came for the opening and yeah. that lady, she showed all our friend had showed her hair underneath or something. Yeah. And she was very nervous. I said, Oh my god, what the blinking hell's happened under your hair? She said, Oh, my mate shaved it. I went, yeah. You and I just looked at her and I said, Listen here. I said, From now on, you tell your mate to freaking leave your hair alone. From yeah. now on, your hair is my property and I'll be coming back and doing it again. Yeah. Oh, and then as soon as she came she back, was so chapped, wasn't she? yeah, she couldn't, she was the first one knocking on the door when we went back. Yeah. I guess what again? It's only been four weeks. Yeah, I want it cut shorter. So I did. So I cut yeah. it again. So and she was so happy and she said about how much confidence it had given her. Yeah. She said, honestly, she said, Jane, everybody said to me that they loved my hair. I was the talk of the place. She yeah. goes, It gave me so much confidence. I've now applied for college. I think she was doing doing psychology, something, something, something else. Yeah. And then she said that she's applied for housing as well. Yeah. And I found out she used to be a semi-professional gymnast as well. Right. That's so, good, and then you get people say, oh, it's only an haircut. Well, you know, they need more Yeah. Well, yeah. you just explained why it's so much more than just a haircut. It was just a cliche, but it's so much more than a haircut. Oh, you definitely. Know, you have that effect on one person. Even yeah. If, you know, I drove, we drove two and a half hours or something to get there that day and, drove the same back. Yeah. If that had been the only person we helped, it would have been worth it. Yeah, that's what I think. That's that's what I'm like. I think that. I think to myself, if it takes one person and I can have a positive effect on them, it's yeah. worth it, 100%. And to see her little face, you know, and she was so happy. The first time she cried, obviously. The second time, she was just beaming. And she was so relaxed. She didn't need her water. Yeah. She's sort of like, as if we'd meet up again, you know, old Jane, my friend, you know? And then she started talking for the first time she didn't talk. Yeah. 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 Well, sometimes we, we get some of the, the, the workers at, at the centres and they say a certain person will come in and I might yeah. sort of cut his hair and then have a good chat with him, you know, or her. Yeah. And then after they've gone, they say, we cannot believe how much they opened up to you. You know, yeah. that... That person doesn't open up to anyone. We've, we've, we we never get them to speak or, you know, share anything. Um, no. And there's, so there's something quite special about what we do, you know, that, that connection thing. Yeah. That's the hairdresser thing. Yeah, definitely. I, I find that. Yeah, definitely. Because I think when you came the first time, I think Natalie was doing somebody and the guy came in, one of the guys at work there, and said, do you know what, he doesn't speak to anybody. Think, he's yeah. been here six months and he's talked to you more than he's spoken to anybody. Yeah. And you know what? He came back. Did he? And yeah. had another haircut. Yeah, I'm not surprised. So he actually came back four weeks later and had another haircut and then was chatting away again. Yeah. So that just shows you because he doesn't know. We don't we didn't we don't want nothing from them, do we? That's it. Yeah. You know, all we're doing is making them feel good about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And and I never knew that we could have so much. Our our skill could give so much. It's more than, you know, it's amazing, isn't it, really? Yeah. So tell me about the because then you you've already gone on to um do another one as well. We got yeah, we got two more, we've got three now, and then we've got another one. 
Um, she's contacted me. Someone from Salvation Army. All right, Sally Army. I think they've got a big venue. I think it has about 100 people in it. Oh, that'll be one of their, they call, I'm sure they call them like life houses. There's only seven in the country and they are like the big units and they're, they're always well worth visiting. I've done a few of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that's, Sally Army do a wonderful job. But like when I was young and disrespectful and, you know, they come in the pub and banging yeah. their submarine and you take the mix. Yeah. But yeah. since I've done this and, and, and it, it began, it began in Salvation Army in Romford, uh, I've got to know them really well. And, and it's good and bad in like anything, but they do such a lot for generally for the communities where they are. You know, there's so much more than tambourine banging. I'm sure I get in trouble. I know. I used to but think they, that. Yeah, but they, they do, they're really active in the community and do things for old people, for young mums, clubs, and, and, and a lot yeah. of homeless. Yeah. Oh, that's a great yeah. one. That'd be really good. I'll have to come back and see you. Yeah, because they—they all she said to me was, "Look, we we've seen you on uh, social. Yeah. Um, we want to, we'd love you to come on board to our venue." So I just said to her, "Look, just email me all the details. Tell me what type of resident you've got. Blah 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 blah, and we'll go from there." So they yeah. contacted me this week, so I can let you know a bit about that one. Okay. So yeah, so so yeah. we've got Patrick House, um, and then we've got two women's refuge. They're they're small. But um, they house it. One only houses five, and the other one houses a seven, seven residents. Are they, are they like anonymous safe house type places? Yeah. So yeah. we so we don't talk about those, but yeah, no. yeah, and that's why I think people who who see a lot of our socials often miss the fact that we do a lot of those in yeah. the UK, um, but they don't see them because we can, we can't really shout about them. Uh, no. Some. Some old uh, female-only volunteers allowed in. I've had the yeah. privilege of being invited into a few. They've made exceptions for me, and I found I, I found that really uh, uh, I've struggled with that sometimes because yeah. you know with me, my daughter, my my she, she's open about it, and you know I've I've said about it. But my daughter went for a terrible time when she was very young. Um, so it, it's a call for me, you know, the, yeah. the, the women who go through domestic uh, violence and that. And yeah. that, you know, like I have to always say to people, you know, one in four women go through it, but also one in six men, you know. Really? Men? One in six men. Wow. It's that high number. And it's not always um, a gay relationship. Yeah. You've got two men. Sometimes it is a, a, a straight relationship, so it's a man taking a, a verbal or, or physical abuse from from their female partner. You know, so yeah, and that the shame that comes with that is the fact that they can't even, you know, that you've also got the thing, you know, the stigma of a society. You know, yeah. you've got to be a man, be able to stand up for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Brought up, you can't hit a woman if a woman's bashing you around the head. What what, yeah. what are you going to do? You know. Yeah, it's, it's it's a tough one. Yeah. yeah so uh, those, that's So in fact, you've already got two of them on the go. It's yeah. Fantastic work, you know. And I think I think for that, like I sort of spoke to you briefly about it. Mm. Um, with the women's one, it does resonate with me. Um, because I feel like 
you know, when I, with my first marriage, I did go, I did have like mental and physical abuse. Yeah, I was the other end of it. Yeah. So it made me realise, because I said I was so young when I had my children, and again, that strong Irish Catholic family, it yeah. was, you had to get married. You know, I felt I had to get married. I had to do whatever I had to do to keep the family together. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I was, you know, my husband, ex-husband was quite abusive. Yeah. So, and just not physically, mentally as well. So eventually you don't realise that I was quite a strong character. Yeah. Very strong. Loads of friends. You know, always wanting to do, going to the next thing. But it's a gradual thing. So what they do is they break you down. Yeah. Yeah. So it's manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they break you down and eventually you don't even realise they've got control. You know, the fact that you can't wear makeup, the fact that you can't wear certain clothes. You walk into a pub and you've got to look down at the floor because if you look up, you fancy somebody. Yeah. You know, you're trying to hit on somebody. Yeah. So it's, you can't speak, you know, I've even been, I've got nothing against gay. I've got nothing against yeah. lesbians gay. I've yeah. been accused of being, you know, because I've had a girlfriend, I'm like a lesbian or, yeah. you know, it's, so it's those sort of things. So I'm, I'm laughing about it now because I can laugh about it because I, that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but. It, I think for me, because of my parents, they took me in for two years while I had my lip when I was only 16. Yeah. I think if I, and obviously they helped me this and then I did marry my husband at 18. Yeah. Um, whenever I went through that time, I would call my parents. Yeah. They would then let me stay at their house. And sometimes it'd be six weeks, sometimes it'd be three weeks. Yeah. But what people don't realise, and I only realise that now, is that impact that would have had on my kids. Yeah. Yeah. So people don't, then it has had, then they're, mm. they're not overly confident. Mm. Um, they're beautiful, both of them are. No, I'm being biased, but they I really have, are. I've, I've seen your daughter. Um, but they they both have issues. They have confidence issues, 100%. Yeah. And that's because they've seen what happened to me, yeah. me not realising that they're listening and they're hearing stuff yeah. is going to have an effect. So yeah. I think if I hadn't had my parents that I could run to, I'd have had to go to a safe house, basically. Yeah. I'd yeah. have had to. Um, and that would have affected it maybe even more. Yeah. So, and this is what people don't realise. It's not just the mum, it's the children and so forth and it goes on and then they grow up they have issues yeah you know and and this just keeps going on and on so yeah. for me when i went to that women's refuge i i felt quite emotional because yeah. at the end of the day they don't really speak there there's you probably see it, they've got a lot of, there's just darkness there's just their eyes um just so much sadness yeah. and then they've got their little girl their little children with them and that's heartbreaking yeah. So then when you do their hair, they start to open up. They don't open up as such. Yeah. Um, but they're a little bit more happier. But they're just so frightened of being recognized, you know. Yeah. You have to be careful. Yeah. I, I but, remember yeah. one lady that, that so sorry interrupt, but I, I remember no. it was like and she just blew me away with the way she was casually talking about yeah. once she started talking, I'm like 
she just let it all come out. And, you know, yeah. the, the, the guy was, um, so it was the cigarette burns. Yeah. It was, it was pulling her fingernails out. Really? Yeah. It's pulling her fingernails out. And it's like, but she was sort of saying it almost matter-of-factly, but I think she detached herself. I think it's yeah. like with trauma with people that they almost detach themselves from from what's happened. Um, yeah, that is obviously still connected, but uh, yeah, sometimes it's really hard to hear that stuff. But then, how I defend myself, I just feel myself full of gratitude. You know, like yeah. I did that video you mentioned when it was pissing down. I yeah, yeah. Go like you know, at least, yeah. at least you know, and, and my like my family's been through it, but at least everyone now. Is okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've, I've done stuff, and but now they're okay, and we can. Every day's a new day, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I think, and I think to myself when I see these ladies, and I go, and I love doing it, you know. And I think, oh my god, I mean, I would never if 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 they opened up to me, if yeah. they did, if they did, then, and they 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 sort of ask me questions, I probably would tell them about my experience, yeah, but yeah. it's not something I would go and talk about to them because it. We're there for them, if, yeah. but I feel yeah. like I can. I feel a connection, you yeah. know, with them because I feel you know I know where you are. I know how you know your situation at the moment, and it's just being strong enough to get yourself away from it, and which they've done, haven't they? Being in those those places, they've they've done that first step and removed themselves. But but they'll know that, even yeah. though you don't say that, I know we're. They seem to sense, yeah, that they've got a kindred spirit. I mean, it's like the guys and, and the ladies like went who were suffering with drink and drug problems. They sent a sense with me without me even saying anything. Yeah, and it then comes to no shock to me if I say, "Well, actually, I'm 17 years sober," and you know, like That's amazing. But you, you know, amazing. like that. Yeah, it's just, it. It's sort of they. They know. I think they just like takes one to know one. That whole thing, isn't it? I think. It's mad, isn't it? Do you reckon yeah. they say it then? Do you reckon? Often. Not all, you know, not every time, but often yeah. I think there's a definite they pick up Yeah. On a kindred spirit, I think. Yeah, I, I I think that as well, yeah. It's like you say with, with this woman's refuge. It does. It means a lot to me. And yeah. I think if I can give someone something, then then I will do. Because I do think, like you say, you've got to you look back at your life. And you think to yourself, how the hell did I part with that? Yeah. You know, how did, how the hell did I become this weak person? Yeah. And even like you get people, don't you? The people have no idea. And no. you and you want to shout at them. They turn around and they say, well, why did she leave him? Yeah. You know, why is she still with him? You know, the reason you don't, because that person's got a nice side. Yeah. Yeah. So that person then you hold on to that tiny little nice side and you yeah. think, I've got to go back. Um, I've got my kids. I want my kids to have their dads. I want to be a happy family. You you you're this fantasy a fantasist world. Yeah. It's never gonna happen. And then you go back, you get more crap. Yeah. And it happens again. I mean, you know, there's been a point that it has been really bad and yeah. I've pulled myself out of it you yeah. know but for me it was more more a lot of mental abuse I 
I have physical, but a hell of a lot of mental abuse. So my confidence just dropped. Completely. I think mental sometimes even hits deeper sometimes. Yeah. The, men- the mental tends to go inside. It's all yeah. like violence. The physical's on the outside, but the mental goes right inside. And it's yeah. Of, and I think that, um, you know, it, p- people say that, as you say, they say, you know, why didn't they get out of it? But the, 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 generally these perpetrators are very clever and cunning and subtle and they they you know generally it's like mm. the start of the relationships is love bombing and it's they fit you know they they sort of flood you with affection and yeah. it's a gradual process you don't really see it coming but, no you know gradually it's worse and worse and worse and it's the isolation they tend to isolate they start to yeah. figure out things that's wrong with your family and your friends and yeah, you know, like you, you know, they're no good for you, and they gradually because they gradually want to get you completely to themselves. Yeah, all about power. And these people, I won't say men because it's people. These people tend to have such chronic lack of power. Yeah, that they can only achieve power unless they, if they can achieve it over someone else. Yeah, it's not an excuse at all. No, and I, I'm I'm not very, you know, I'd love to be very kind and understanding and give me, but I know what I'd do with them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not that, I'm not that great a human being that I, I wouldn't want to do what I want to oh, do. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, to me, you know, uh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't say that, but I did anyway. <laughs> but there's no, there's no excuses and no one should hurt anybody. But it's like they go for weak people, oh. don't they? Don't they? Like these sort of people go for weak go for, Well, they go for impact. They make you weak. Not weak, but you... you they're kind. Yeah. And they, they they see that as an opportunity. You know, it's, a, yeah. it's almost like they see it as a chink in someone's armour that they're, you know, because yeah. you constantly want to help and you want to save them, you know, like you, you've yeah. seen the way through, you want to save these people. So you think, oh, if I can just, if I could just turn him around, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, take away from the personal view. This is generally what happens. Yeah, you know, us, us. I mean, I am as well. The empathetic people tend to get taken advantage of if they're not careful. Yeah, yeah. Find this for weakness. Yeah, and then uh, as I'm learning, as I get older, then I can try and I'm still not great at it, but I try and differentiate and and I try and still do whatever I can for people. But then I, I hold back a bit and I pause for fault. So yeah. people, you know, when I want to run in and go, I'll do that for you, I'll do that for you. I go, I'll yeah. do what I can do. I'll give myself a little bit of pause. Yeah, let me see what I can yeah. do. You know, just so I can think about it and think, now maybe I shouldn't be doing that because I'll only resent it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, you, you, I'd be like that. I, I yeah. feel you're not. I've got flipping cheap. Thanks for making me do that. And I'm, <laughs> I've gone, I'll do that. I'm going, flipping cheap, letting me do that for I know. I, it's, it's, you do. You get like that. Don't you? It's like my husband said to me, he goes, you always see the good in everybody. Yeah. He said, that's not a bad thing. No. See, we're like, we're the opposites. He's yeah. got, he's a very good judge of character. So, well. yeah, he is amazing. So he meets someone the first time, yeah. he reels them off, and I go, nah. I swear to you, he gets it right every time. Yeah. I get it wrong every time. <laughs> or I try and persuade him that he's thinking wrongly this time. Yeah. You know, no, 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 that person's, no, 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 no. But he's proved himself yeah. right. Yeah. And I said, he said, yeah, I'll be a psychologist. 
I'm like, yeah. All right. <laughs> but that's why we're quite good because I'm I see the good. Yeah. He like very like looks at people see and can just pass it out. Yeah, yeah. he's brilliant. Yeah. But I am, yeah, I am like that, definitely. So there you go. There we go. So we've we've caught up. Um, I, you know, I just knew you was. It, we had a chat the other night, and this is why I wanted to get you straight on the podcast because yeah. you reminded me of the effects that doing it had for me when I started. And like yeah. you said, you know, it's changed the way you think about things. And no, I think it. it'd be good for people to listen to your story as well to see that um, if they're thinking about doing it. Um, just do it. <laughs> yeah. And I think, and I really do think if you love doing hair and you do it for the right reasons, and that's making people feel amazing, then 100% you'll get so much back. Yeah. 100%. I love it. I don't think, because I know I'm getting like older, there's going to be, everyone keeps saying, oh, when are you going to retire? When are you going to retire? I said, no. I'm going to be doing haircuts for homeless until I'm bloody 90 if yeah. I'm still around. I will do it. I will carry on doing it even when I'm retired. <laughs> I will do it. Don't matter, does it? I'll fart even, down there, cut my hair. Even if it is raining, I will go yes. out and do it. Yeah. <laughs> I will do it. I love it. I love it. I really love Fantastic. it. Fantastic. Well, it's been a great, it's, it's been lovely to meet you. And I'm yeah. going to see a lot more of you in the future. But thanks for giving me your, you know, valuable time up today. And, um, you know, I'll put all the links on to yeah. anything. If, you know, any 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 links that, have, that come up about the charities that you, we support, that we yeah. put them there as well, and anything else that you want us to put on there, I'll, I'll make sure I do that at the end as well. Oh, thank I, you so much. Yeah, thank you. And thank you so much for your time. You're amazing. I'm so glad I'm part of Haircuts for Homeless Family. <laughs> Take care. Bye.